Welcome back to our second week of our Wednesday night Bible study, and we're going through the series Christ in the Old Testament as we head towards Easter. Um, and uh, Easter will be next month, and uh, obviously from last year, Easter was different. Hopefully this year will be a little bit better. We're planning on having Easter service and doing some kinds of activities, and we're still obviously staying COVID safe. Um, everything you know about the church, if you want to share different Bible studies or go back and look at something or online giving, it's all there at pastchapel.church. And I encourage you to take a look at that, to share it. And if you want to know anything about that, uh, we have ladies Bible study on Thursday nights and a time of prayer. It's at six o'clock. We've got our Wednesday night Bible study online. Uh, the youth meet on Wednesday nights here at the uh, church. Um, and we've got all those things there. And also you can go back and watch services or Bible studies. Uh, uh, you can give online or in per- person. Uh, if you need help with food and clothing, all those things uh, are there to look at and to access if you need to get a hold of us. Um, but anyway, let's uh, open up in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the opportunity to be here. I pray as we head towards Easter and we're talking about seeing you in the Old Testament that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you have always existed, and you are fully God, fully man, and you came to live a life we couldn't, to die for our sins, and to raise from the dead so that we can have hope. Speak to us as we look uh, tonight at Noah and Christ to see uh, you that have been there all along. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So now we look at Noah, and uh, you can go back and look in Genesis chapter 6 through 9, And we know that uh, when God decided to destroy the world with flood, it was a punishment for humanity's sin. And so God chose Noah and his family out of grace, not because there's anything special, but he was striving to walk with God. And so he built an ark to save himself and the animals. And Noah is kind of like a second Adam, because out of Adam we all come, but then humanity is destroyed. And so now out of Noah we all come. And so Christ is, uh, so Noah is called the second Adam. Because since all the living creatures come from him, and you sat in Genesis 8, 15 through 9, 17. But Christ is called the second man, or Adam, since eternal life can only be found in him. 1 Corinthians 15, 47 says this, The first was from the earth, a man of dust, the second is from heaven. And so we see the comparison here, Christ in the Old Testament. Noah's ark provided refuge for all kinds of animals. You see that in Genesis 6. Uh, 19 through 7 5. It provided a refuge for Noah and his family and for all the kinds of animals that would either be would be destroyed or couldn't survive in the water. Christ's body, the church, provides salvation for all, both Jew and Gentile. Um, Romans 11 11 says this, so I asked, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means, rather through their trespass, salvation has come to the Gentiles so to make Israel jealous. So he is, Christ has provided a way for all to be saved, just as the ark provided a way. We also see in Galatians 3, 28 and 29, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs, according to the promise. This is why we can call him Father Abraham. Not because of the blood connection, but the blood of Christ connection, that Christ, the ark, the refuge, provided salvation for us. And so that is why we can be a child of Abraham, because Abraham is the father of faith. He believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. 
human evil had reached an unacceptable high, so God decided to undo his creation with a flood. And you see this in Genesis uh, uh, 6, verses 6 through 7. And the Lord regretted that he, man, that he had made man on the earth, and, he grieved him, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man who I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. Guys, this is like chapter 6. And this is at the beginning of the Bible and God wants to destroy after he's created it in Genesis chapter 1. This shows you that how evil man is and then God regrets that. But we also see when the time was ripe for God, he will undo his creation by fire. That there will now not be a destruction by flood, but there will be a destruction by fire. Um, you see this uh, in Second Peter 3, verses 12 and 13. Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolve, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. The heavenly bodies, okay, uh, that's not here on earth, but that's in the sky. So it tells you complete destruction. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. I love that. In which righteousness dwells. So he's going to destroy and then he's going to recreate. What's he going to recreate? Well, Revelations 21.1 says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the, first time, for the first heaven and the first earth have passed away, and the sea was no more. Everything's going to be made right. Everything is going to be to the level that it was supposed to be in the beginning before the fall. We're not going to struggle with sin. We're not going to struggle with sickness. Uh, um, right now, as C.S. Lewis said, we are living in the shadow lands. This is only a shadow, a reflection. You know, Paul said this, we, we look through the glass and we see it dimly right now, but then we'll be known one day as we are known. And so we don't really understand what real life is. And you know, when you deal with somebody that's died and they cross over and they've received Christ, they are living real life, we are not. And so while it's hard for us to understand and comprehend, this will all be destroyed one day. This is why we need to know where we're going and and who our hope is set in. And then we'll really live real life. And really experience real creation. And those are awesome things. Noah's ark was, de uh, was delivered from the floodwaters. We see this in Genesis 7.7. 7. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went to the ark to escape the waters of the flood. So the ark delivered them from destruction. Delivered them from drowning. Delivered them from the flood. Christ's body... Was, deliver, uh, was delivered from death through the, uh, Christ's body, the church, we are the body of Christ, was delivered from death through water of baptism. You need to understand this. First Peter uh, 3.21 uh, says this, Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, uh, not as removal of dirt from the body, but as appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, you know, just because you... Uh, you know, get baptized doesn't mean you're saved. Baptism is a public statement of what has happened inside you. When a person goes under the water, that is the, the symbol of the old self dying to old self. And when they raise from the water, that is in raising the newness of life in Christ. And so baptism is a witness and it and is a symbol of what has happened in the believer's life. And anytime you have the opportunity to get baptized when you receive Christ, you should. And you only get saved once. It's the question of genuine conversion. But salvation doesn't save you. Look at the thief on the cross. He was never baptized. 
but today you'll be with me in paradise. But that is not the norm. But so many times I want to be really careful about this verse. Baptism is a symbol of showing how God has saved you. And so baptism doesn't save you, but is an important witness and symbol of that. Noah offered a sacrifice of blood. You see this uh, in Genesis 8, uh, 20 and 21. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some, some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever strike down every living creature as I have done. You know, I'd really focus on verse 21 there. You need to get that. Because everything in society is saying, no, nobody's bad. Yeah, we are. Our heart is desperately wicked. Jeremiah 17.9 says it is evil. It is sick. Uh, God's saying here in Genesis that every intention of man's heart. If you still think there's some good in you, then you're not going to come to God. You've got to realize you are depraved. And everyone is depraved. And if you've got to start with, you are broken. I like someone had a, was telling about a t-shirt that they wear that said, your brokenness is welcome here. Think about that. I hope at Bass Chapel you understand that, that we're not looking for perfect people because you're not going to find it. We're broken people that have been healed by Christ because he says he, brokenness is a sacrifice that he accepts. A broken and contrite heart. And so I want you to understand, you are broken. I am broken. There is no un thing that is not unbroken in us. This is why we need Christ. And we, not, we need His grace. So He can begin to heal us. You can go online. I think we have the connection on our website, basschapel.church. And if you go to resources that are about salvation, we have the diagram, a video on the circles. And the circles talk about how to come to Christ. And the biggest thing about sharing the circles is we are broken. And different things break us and we try to fix it and we can't. And only Christ can fix that brokenness. And so, never again. Christ's sake, this man is broken. I'm going to destroy the earth, but before I destroy the earth, I'm providing a Savior. And if you choose Him, you will not be destroyed with the earth. And you will not face the punishment that is made for Satan and his, and his demons, which is hell. Never made for you, but your free will that God gave you, if you choose to rebel against Christ and not to accept His ransom and His payment for you, that is where your brokenness will lead you. If you choose Christ, you begin that healing. And so these are things that are really important. You see, Christ offered himself as a sacrifice. We see that in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Knowing you uh, were ransomed for the feudal way, uh, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Let that like the lamb without blemish or spot. And I'm kind of reading through the Old Testament. It's like, you know, they always want the spotless. Because that represented that there was no sin. And that is Christ. And because of Christ's sacrifice, we are now made pure in God. Um, awesome things. And although Noah was, was not perfect, he's described as a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Two weeks ago, you can go back. It's kind of really cool. You go back and, uh, um, and look at the sermon, I think it's two weeks ago, on Noah. And it's exactly on this verse. How do we walk right in wrong times? And he's, Noah was broken. 
but Noah desired God. And Noah realized he needed to go to God for his refuge. And and so we see that we see that here in, in Genesis six nine, that these are the generations of Noah, he was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. He walked with God. Jesus, on the other hand, was the perfect blameless man. We see that in Hebrews uh, four fifteen. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. That's the awesomeness of Jesus being the ark and the refuge of our life, is that he knows what it's like, that what you're going through. He knows what it is to be tempted, but yet he did not sin. And that he died for our sins, and he rose from the dead so that we can have victory. Each of us is a bit like Noah. We, we too know that this world will end. And, and the question we should ask is how should we live today? What made Noah a righteous man even though his life was far from perfect? It was the grace of God. It was the fact that he realized his brokenness, he realized his need for God, and he followed God wholeheartedly. And, the, and, and his actions didn't save him other than the fact of his belief. Just like Abraham, just like anyone that believes that Jesus died, rose from the dead and asked him in their heart and follows him as Lord, is accounted to him as righteousness. When I get to heaven, it won't be anything about me being a minister or my education or anything. It will be Jesus, period. And so he is our refuge. So the question I have for you today, who is your refuge? Who is your ark? You're trying to bell out the water and the, and the water is getting higher. Stop. Lay it down. Reach your hands up and surrender to Christ and say, save me. And for those of you that have done this, where are you trying to keep it together? Don't. Let Christ work in your brokenness through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let Him be your refuge. His, His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Lord, I thank You for this time. And I pray that as we look at Noah and we looked at Christ, that our refuge every time is in You. Bless everyone in your name, Jesus. Amen.